Gus, I'm not even going to give you the chance today. Welcome back to the Gus Netty Podcast. If it looks kind of dark or, or weirdly lit, it's because the sun is coming through. Uh, smoke over the West Coast. Uh, today, we welcome Ted to the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Ted, I'm going to do I'm the here. bad host thing. Why, why don't you just explain to the audience what, what you do, what it is that you do? I make videos on the internet that are of comedic. I do some very similar to what like Eddie does. I do like videos like goofing on stuff. I do sometimes. I go around in a milkman costume and I interview people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I cook. I cook various foods. I'm beating so, myself um, up here. I was gonna. I planned earlier to say the milkman himself. Ted is on the. <laughs> and I, I didn't yeah. say it. So if we could just pretend. Everyone, close your eyes including the audience, and just pretend I said that, and then go, hmm. hmm. That's really weird. Good. In, my, in my scripted out intro, which I also included a thoroughly resource, uh, researched interview for this whole uh, podcast, I had actually included that line. So if I had the opportunity to start, we would have had a near flawless intro. Just want to get that on the record. So, so my question is, did you write in me asking everyone to close their eyes? I did, yeah. I, had, I wrote in you asking me this question, too. Eddie, you want to take it from uh, criticism number five, page two? I don't. Action! I didn't print it out. I didn't print it out. Oh, action! Get in there! You guys ever catch. Wait, because Ted, uh, I, I don't want to guess it wrong. Wait, wh what state are you from? I'm from Massachusetts. Ah, I, that's what I was confusing in my head. I was going to say Maryland, and I was like, that's not right. Don't yeah, say it. Nah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm but, not from fucking Maryland. Give me a break. Give me a break. Lived out there your whole life or what? Uh, yeah, yeah. Right up until college, and then I went to school in New York. Oh, oh yeah, and you wait. just graduated recently too, right? Yeah, I did. Literally Yahoo. in freaking May, kind of, I guess. It doesn't yeah. feel like I've really fully graduated, you know, like doing an online graduation and shit like that. Yeah, I forgot. Um, we we talked about it last time we saw you, which was, was that January? I can't, I don't have Fuck, any. I think it, it, was. it must have been in January because we were out there for the, for the lunch club shooting. Also, stuff. can I just say, I don't like January and February of 2020 must have been 40 years because I keep yeah. hearing things that happened during those two months. And I'm like, that was this year. Like so much, right. how much was going on that like, yeah. I, but either way, uh, we, I remember thinking, cause Ted, it was pretty much like you were in the very end of school and we were having a discussion pretty much where Gus and I were in that same boat where we were ending school and YouTube was already working. And it right. is like the, we talked about it uh, last week. It's the biggest demotivator for school you can ever oh, have. Absolutely. <laughs> I could not agree with that. And and especially when like I one of my my major was cinema and photography, so I also was supposed to be making a film the last two semesters. Like the first semester, I was in this class that was um, uh, it was like uh, writing for the short film. So I was I basically had planned it out where I was it was doing writing for the short film the, my fall semester, and then in the spring semester I was doing my thesis film. So I was writing my thesis film in the fall, and then I was acting upon it, you know, in the spring. So mm -hmm. I had the whole script and everything. And but I also had to like kind of fight off doing YouTube at the same time. So once a, right before like Corona really started getting going, I like put out a tweet to my audience and I was like, hey, I need to finish this film because I need to finish college and it takes up so much time. So I have to like leave for a bit. But then I got to come back earlier, I guess, because Corona, it, it was I had I was in New York City and I had casted 
I had done casting and had people come in for auditions and then that was spring break. And then the week, like, you know, coming, they were telling us maybe five or six days later, it was like, Hey, we're going to extend spring break by a week. And then after that, it was like, you're not coming back. You're going online. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Did you, uh, First of all, I'm I'm so excited, and I, I don't want the whole thing to just be college shit. But like, I've never had another YouTuber that also went to film school on the right, podcast yeah. before. I've, I've wanted to talk to you about this for a while too, so I'm well, glad that we can talk about it. Also, it's like you went to like your equivalent of film school. It's like if like fucking Barry Bonds showed up to a little league tournament compared to like my level of film school. My <laughs> film school was like you Gus, can hardly even call it Gus, that. You and well, I pretty I, much I, went I, to film school if we're considering <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing like a um I remember seeing a, a skit that you had done where it was like student directors. It was like all yeah. about student oh, directors and stuff. And yeah. I watched that and I was like, this is really funny. But it also tells me so much about the type of like the environment that Gus was exposed to for like film students, yeah. <laughs> like the type of people that that was. And I and there was and don't get me wrong, there was definitely people at my school that were like that. And I think that you don't like for any school that doesn't require like a portfolio or something like that to submit, they're gonna they're gonna be people that are like that. But I just mm-hmm. thought it was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 was a hugely different experience. And I, and again, I I want to like toe the line and I don't want to be the guy that just like turns around and is like fuck everybody from my graduating class and fuck every like there really were some mega high talent like high caliber individuals that came out of there and and like they're clearly like doing work in the field but genuinely like in my senior show class you know like there's probably a significant percentage of the of the people that made it through four, five, six, seven, eight years of yeah. the program that are turning in work that is just like it's probably stuff that I would assume you'd see in your first year at a school like that. Like sure. it just it just is so unfocused and the students suffered from like huge like department changes and mix ups and stuff. So yeah. it's like you can't fault the individuals. Uh, but it it really did just seem like oh my god, so many of these people are not prepared for the skills and shit. Like when you're getting to, to the point where you're doing like your senior thesis prog project and yeah. kids are checking out like a C two hundred or something, which is really sure. not like a nutso camera, and they can't even adjust the ISO on it, and they've been in school for six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I I am so sorry, you're fucked. One you know? thing yeah. I'd like, say I think too work in this field is like especially with I, I think Gus, my guess is the most valuable thing you probably got out of it is having to do so many projects I think created a uh, we can just go and shoot it work ethic in your brain you know that is like the reason you've made as many sketches I feel like like along with just what inherent stuff but for me it's like whenever whenever I think about like actually making the effort of shooting something I'm my brain just goes fuck you know what I mean I love like just setting up a tripod and talking but when it comes to like we're shooting scenes. There's continuity. Can I jump yeah. out the window and we keep the window <laughs> broken? <laughs> I think I also, um, one of the things that I think helped my experience in film school too was that like I had an opportunity to do stuff that like not even like most of the people who were going to the school for film were, which was um, one of the guys that was, this guy Aaron, he was an RA for one of the floors in my freshman dorm and he got me and a couple of my friends into do working at um a place called PPAX because um it's like the portable equipment checkout kind of thing it was like the equipment center mm. and oh, what that perfect. allowed me to do was it was like i was always working with equipment and then it was 
and it was also equipment that I wasn't learning in like classes and stuff. And it kind of just like kind of instilled that ability to always be, you know, know how to like handle pretty much any of the cameras that yeah, I had and to especially, run into. God damn, Doing yeah. it without a class is kind of sets yeah. you up for the future of like new equipment you can kind of figure out, you know? Yeah. And then when <laughs> I was in, there's a, they do a, they do a LA semester. So that's when I originally kind of was out here in, uh, in like 20, fall of 2018. And that's when I figured out that first of all, that I wanted to move to LA. But second of all, I interned at a camera rental house where they were working with like red cameras and, mm. uh, and RE cameras and stuff like that. So like I learned the sort of, cinema level shit too so that was i think very helpful for me and i wasn't so worried about doing the youtube stuff and like forgetting all of it you know yeah yeah i'm so envious of that especially when you talk about being at like the tech desk like that like mm-hmm. i mean i had a friend of mine curtis actually worked at the tech desk uh eddie my buddy curtis which also uh, please uh, uh just take a moment to shout out curtis curtis's new youtube video it's so fucking oh good. my god Dude. fucking okay tony oh link god. in the description please go everybody go subscribe to curtis robert watch curtis. his top to, what is it top five jimmies top on five, television yeah, or i think yeah top five five <laughs> jimmies on television is the video yeah <laughs> All right, that'll be in the description. It's so, Thanks, boys, like, the editing feels, like, not, like, all the way <laughs> professional, but, like, he's taking it seriously. It's just so yeah. good. I love Curtis. I love that kind of But, yeah, of you shit, were saying but... Curtis worked at the, the rental place? Yeah, well, Curtis worked in, like, the computer center and the print lab and stuff, too. But but having friends that even had access to, like, you know, the, the being in the print lab or the, at the tech desk or the editing bay and sh- shit. I'm always was so, I was just so jealous. Like they got to work with this stuff and understand like the, sure, all the tech yeah. and stuff like that. But, yeah. So that's, that's where I would say personally speaking, that's my biggest, I guess, handicap. If you I think call you it, and I that, shut off with tech stuff in our brain where it's like, but if it could, if we could just do the creative bit, you know, like, I, yeah. I know just enough in every area to be able to maybe in a passing conversation fudge it and say enough keywords to get yeah. by. Yeah, you got to get the and, white balance right for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, and I know like camera function and shit, but if you ask me like, hey, what are you, what kind of stuff do you like on Nikons as opposed to like Sony ones? And I'd be like, I don't fucking, I've never even I used like a the Nikon to shoot on. You the know, lens and the lens. <laughs> it's almost like, not what? as much of an issue though for for people like you guys where I feel like you're much more geared towards being like a director though so it's like i don't i could be wrong about that is is that something like you would be interested in is like doing directing stuff absolutely yeah because like once the in the film industry it's like once you get into the professional level everything just sort of you know gets figured out for you you funnel you funnel into a certain zone so it's like you if you're a lot of people who are just mainly directors they probably do like writing and then directing but it's not as frequent that like you're you're a director of photography and a and a and a director. I mean, it is something that happens, but like they're just such different paths. And when you're on a set and you're a director, you really the director of photography is just taking care of all that stuff for you. They have a whole crew. They've got a first and second AC and stuff like that. So it's like mm-hmm. it's not as much of a problem when it's like you're able to direct something because it's like you've got you have a producer who's bringing on people that know what they're doing. Mm. Yeah, and I would I would really love to uh, try my hand at more directing in a situation too where I'm directing like and and working with a cast of people that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily like close friends of mine too because yeah. the last time that I was able to do it at even like a small to medium scale was when I had like a Kickstarter project that Eddie was part of a, you know a few years back we did just like four episodes of a short form comedy series and like even that was you know like really enjoyable but I I learned so many lessons that way and 
and now I guess you know, like if I have people in a sketch and stuff, like it is, it it is and it isn't directing. You know, if you're like kind of yeah. moving them around and stuff. So I I look forward to hopefully getting to do some bigger projects like that. But I mean, for a guy like yourself, I mean, you're hot off of film school. You you already have what's what's very difficult for a lot of people to establish, which is like a, a following online at a really young yeah. age. Like yeah, I feel really really lucky for that because yeah, because I, I, I still sort of people people still put comments on my videos and stuff and ask me when my short film was coming out and I don't think that they I, I I thought I had talked about this at some point but I was like hey this is like on hold indefinitely but I think that mm-hmm. you know once this corona shit is over because right now in the film industry it's like 40% more expensive to make anything right um, yeah. but I want to I want to just use the you know the new resources I have to just make what would have been my thesis film just so I have that because mm-hmm. I haven't made I haven't really made a film since my sophomore year in in college because I, I I would like helped out with a lot of stuff but I you know I, I haven't actually made like a film film since mm-hmm. my sophomore year um, which is a bummer but I'm excited to it, it's gonna be weird because it's like the longer you spend not doing that the more you have to the more you kind of have to get you you know get your feet warm again mm-hmm. when you when you yeah. get back into it that's one of the things that I feel like this year, especially I, not to delve right into more Corona stuff too, but I, I wanted to kind of like exercise those muscles a little bit more. Cause I just don't want them to atrophy of like, Hey, yeah. uh, you know, I, I took a whole year off of like running a set or, you know, like going up and doing stand up and stuff like that. And where I'm just like, fuck, I want to, like, I want to keep like utilizing these skills now because I'm nowhere near done learning, you know, yeah. like, so I don't know. But what, I mean, what do you think? like trajectory now you're in you're in los angeles right now or i think i i kind of want to just keep doing youtube and and kind of see where that goes i look to noel miller a lot mm-hmm. for sort of inspiration yeah, on, short, on short out yeah on on yeah. sort of how he's operating because i i find it very very i think it's really really cool what he's doing and um because he's he's found a really really great way to mix his what he wants to do is directing, but then also doing content online. Right. And I think that like, mm-hmm. if I were to, you know, point to anything that would be sort of where I'm kind of thinking in my brain, it would probably be Noel Miller, what he's kind of doing right now. Um, but yeah, I was, I want to just kind of keep doing the YouTube stuff. I'm also, this is like a, a, a sort of back of the brain thing, but that I wouldn't ever really act on like publicly for a while, but I really want to try my, and at like going far out of town and going to like small, small open mics and mm-hmm. trying to do yeah, stand yeah. up. Uh, uh, Jakey and I were really talking about it. We were going to do it um, when I went to Denver with him in, in, on New Year's Eve, but we just ended up not doing it. But we were moving into, I didn't feel comfortable doing like any, because like Gus had done open mics in college. So like exactly, Gus, you had already yeah. had some kind of like stand up, at least trying it. So when you started your show, and I was like, I would feel like a fraud if I just like asked just people to it. sell tickets yeah. and then practice there. So that's actually, sure. yeah, like what Jakey and I were planning on doing. And then you guys would both happened. be really freaking awesome. At I, I've always I've actually always wanted to do stand. I mean, yeah, at least from same. the time that I was I've, like, it's just hard 10, to like, probably. Yeah, I, it's I, so scary to like even almost sometimes even think about it because of the fact that of going so, because with YouTube, it's like. You don't necessarily expect that your everything you say people are going to find funny, right? Yeah. But with stand up, it's like everyone's sitting in wait 
waiting for you to say something that will make them guffaw right. and yeah. like that's that's a, that's a really scary but thing that's which what's is why so I rewarding wanna... about a stand-up laugh though you yeah. know what i mean yeah. you're like i it's just, just like, pulled this funny. out of my ass and it worked yeah but i i think that you know i i like to think that i'm funny to a certain extent but it's like a whole nother process of like writing jokes that work for stand-up mm. but i do think that since I did I did theater in high school and like I have general like comfort on stage in general mm-hmm. so I feel like with that and like being able to like read an audience I already have like sort of experience with that and doing comedic roles and stuff like that so I feel like I could use I could use that sort of stage presence and yeah kind for, of put it into that in, in the same way like I did uh, improv in high school and I, yeah, I felt like same. I ended up getting pretty comfortable with that so it's not like there's no stage experience and then also with like you know Gus we, us doing like some crowd work at the end of your shows that I would show up mm-hmm. for it's like that is already I kind of that was I think what is what frustrate is frustrating about like some of the pandemic stuff is I already got the bug for doing it. And uh-huh. then it's like, but you can't. And it's like, that's yeah. not that's not a nearly close to the tragedies of what's happening right now. Yeah. So I'm not. But it's like that is one thing that I, I'm excited to do once this is all over. I'm curious, Gus, what are your thoughts on like your experience with like stand up and stuff? Because you've been a little quiet since you've been <laughs> talking about. Well, yeah, I'm. What are you I'm just scared. <laughs> you shaking in your boots? No, sir. I'm big no, stand up guy. Oh, no, um, no. Yeah, I just. Well, I didn't want to cut off all your film school stuff. I'm just actually. Oh I'm no, super, don't worry. I'm interested I'm, as fuck. I'm okay but. with running all over the place here. Hell yeah. Um, my. Well, here's my biggest thing right now, and when I'm when I'm thinking about stand up stuff right now, I, I'm excited in a sense because already when I came off the tour, like at the end of last year, like I ha- I had a lot of like big momentum going into this year in that area, and that was going to become like in my eyes like a staple of what I was doing right. in the next few years, if not for the rest of my life. I it sure. was like so clear as like I'm, this is going to be a huge part of what I'm doing. And and in a in a perfect world, the pacing of going into this year would have been like we we were uh, in negotiations right uh, at the start of this last year, you know, January, February, Marchish to try to find a couple of like test shows in L.A. and then uh, we were going to hire a film crew and come in and like do yeah, some more professional I think tapings. Somebody of was it. telling me about that. I forget who, but I remember you. Were, somebody was telling me about you wanted to do like a live show of some sort. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that was after I had thirty, forty-ish shows on the road or so, and and I was able to like. Do you do forty a, shows? Forty in a row? shows. I think I did over thirty. I don't know what the exact. Oh, you know what number you was? Absolutely know. Yeah, what I'm you're just doing, asking. You're, in the you're way a of, veteran. Yeah, it's so because we added some extra ones too, but uh, but you spread yeah, them was, out, right? Forty would be like. I mean, you did 40, a lot of yeah. them packed together too when you spread out the tour. So yeah, I just I'm just curious. That... Yeah, and we did a couple double day ones too. So yeah, if anything, yeah, you I could technically that. Yeah, count yeah. that as a one day thing. Yeah, like true, we true, true. Doubled in Boston and stuff, but uh, like I was I was hoping, you know, because I got a chance to kind of uh, not do a full critical preview preview yeah. of it in a sense, but you know, like it, when I did like Carolines and Broadway and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. I had some people in the audience and stuff that I was hoping to pitch to and some kind of Comedy Central folks and stuff and I, I can't go into details but there was some interest in a couple areas of at least like hey let's see this like uh, we had some people you know some butts and seats that that thought it was pretty good and so I was hoping maybe somebody would pick it up in the middle part of this year and then it would premiere mid to late this year and then by like August or September I would have loved to be on the road again uh, and then wrapping another tour like right before or just after Christmas or so yeah uh, 
to like kind of coincide with if it got picked Damn. up by any and if even if not like i mean i just would have self-published it on youtube or something anyway yeah but, uh but like i've 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 got so much more material now and that's been an exciting thing is it's like well when i get to go back out there i i really feel confident obviously without workshopping any of this so there could be big chunks where it's just like i need to scrap or change but like i feel really confident that like i've got enough pieces and and how they all interlink and and some stuff that i didn't end up using in the first hour of like hey i i think i have like another 30 to 45 minutes that i want to at least go out there and play around with and see what's going to shape out to be but i was telling eddie this too you know i'm so pissed (laughs) <laughs> because I had so much fucking momentum going. Like, I went out right. of my way this first time where I was like, I am, I know I am just this internet kid, you know? And, and a lot of the times when I'm going to, like, just I'm going to the Just a boy clubs, from Wisconsin. I'm a boy from Wisconsin, you know? A lot of the times, like, I, I was going to the clubs that I wanted to go into that were, like, not just, you know, theaters or, like, anything that you can book. But, like, I wanted to, like, getting into Caroline's was a huge, Caroline's was a huge fucking goal of mine, you know? And, like, getting into some of these, like, staple ones, Skyline, right. stuff like that. And then I was I was going on, like, off nights, like, Tuesdays and Wednesdays where the clubs weren't even open. I'm just stroking my own dick at this point. I apologize. But I was no, going one, like... I'm, very, I'm literally very interested in what you're talking about. <laughs> I appreciate I, that. I'm not, but Ted is interested, so go ahead. <sighs> okay, you better listen. I'll know if you don't. I'm not <laughs> listening. <laughs> Shit. So, but I was going into like these clubs on, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays because I booked the whole tour so late that they had to literally like open clubs on nights where they weren't open. And like I was selling out those nights and I had everyone up at the club. And I'm so fucking proud of this. At, at so many clubs, so many people were coming up to me, the staff and stuff, saying like, I've never seen a crowd this big on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. I've never right. seen people more respectful. Like, that's the thing I'm so proud of is people were coming out and most of the compliments I got from staff was, oh my God, like the people here are so nice and respectful. And I see people like sharing tables and like making friendships and stuff. And it's, it's like, that's yeah. Rather than going to just a stand up show, especially if it's people that listen to the podcast, it's like, we all, we all have this common thing. You know what I mean? Like, we're, yeah, absolutely. So, and I was I was like, that's the impression I wanted to leave. And now it's like, not only do I have to take this year off, but whenever it becomes realistic to right. do this when shit again. start opening, it's like, that's also a thing you got to rely on is like when venue, it's it's up to venues, really. In also, that I'm case. sure, though, mm-hmm. the competition for slots at venues. That is it. Reopens, yeah. So and everybody's going to immediately want to go it. So is it that's sh- going to be. Deservedly so. It should go, like, these slots should go to, like, the guaranteed moneymaker guys. But most importantly, I think of the the road comics that have been doing this for 5, 10, 15, Yeah, and I think it will go to them, you know, because they just, like, they they know the people in that circuit. Yeah, and it's like, they they need this the most. They deserve it. But also, it sucks because I'm just going to have to wait so much longer to be able to have, like, any sort of comprehensive tour after this. Yeah. Fuck. It's the same thing with... um, it's funny, I'm, I'm bringing somewhat a little bit for a moment back to the film thing, but that's, it's a very similar thing for the film industry where when it comes to, like, I was talking to, um, to uh, there's there's this guy who was on, who was in Moonlight, mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. uh, Jarell Jerome, and um, I, I just happened to, like, know him through a friend, and we were, we were talking recently about, like, the film industry and stuff, and he was talking about actors, how it's like, there's just going to be so much competition for parts going back into it. But mm-hmm. on top of that, it's like also there's so many production, productions that need to catch up, like productions that have already casted that we're going to shoot. Right. And like that's all it's going to be like 
I don't even know how it's going to balance out. It's going to be like a shit ton of work or like a or like a lot of competition, but I'm not really sure which one it's going to be, you know? Yeah, um, just I just wonder what so LA's going to yeah. do with their actor shortage when everything's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, because so many people have to move out. No, I just meant because there's a ton of people here acting. Oh. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. the, the, I think so, we, we got enough. <laughs> so, here, just one more question about the comedy stuff, Gus. I'm very curious, like in terms of, like I've like sat down with myself before and I've been like, oh, I'm gonna write something comedy based. But usually, the only time I ever think of something is just like off the cuff. I'm just like, oh, this is a funny thing I could talk about if I was in a comedy like stand-up setting mm-hmm. but like when you talk about you've written like 45 minutes of stuff that like I that like is overwhelming to me like I can't even think of being able to do that like how do you how did you get into like the zone where you could like write stuff where it's like oh this is something for stand-up does that make sense like yeah well, well first your, of all, your flat- first tour was written in a real unconventional way you know kind yeah. of compared to like what a traditional stand-up would be it was more working on it on the road right than like you would have to like, yeah work on it like what just going around clubs around here or something that was exactly it is it was like uh i had i had too much material prepared and that's not a good thing when i started the tour because i had a lot of weaker material uh because when i like i i do have a a scant amount of stand-up experience pre-tour shit but it really is almost exclusively like a few open mics like in the midwest you know like pretty safe stuff a lot of them at the college and shit you know like very safe environment so i i approached it initially from kind of like a storytelling perspective uh, where it's it's easier in my head to come up with like less observational shit in, at first, but like root something in a story, and then when the story is like the meat of like a, a chunk, you know, I like, think and you know, like here's a five minute chunk of this, then you find the little observational like like little hairs, little feelers coming off of there. So then it's like, well, okay, well I'm get to the point, especially like Eddie said, you know, I, when I started the tour, the act was so much different from by the time I got to the end of it. Uh, like I, I started just telling these stories and then I'd start to see like, Oh, I guess people really like this detail about it. And then, well, maybe I expound, expound on that a little bit. And then, Oh, well maybe I ditch this area entirely. And, and Oh, I didn't think people would laugh at that. That must be the most fun part. Yeah. It's so weird. It's so weird, especially when, like, I, I got to the point, once I got to, to be about, like, 20 or 25 shows in, like, kind of halfway-ish, I was just, like, it, it was so weird to me to see what shit people laughed at that I never thought was even funny. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was just, like, an integral part of the story. Like, well, I have to mention that. And then people yeah. would laugh at that, and it's like, that I still don't think this is funny, and people laugh at that part every night. All right, so I'll go fuck around with that a little bit and see what that what that sure. happens. Um, but I don't know. I think right now the biggest thing is like I, I have these isolated ideas. Like sometimes it might just be like a thought or, you know, a couple like, hey, why is it this way? So I will an write inkling. down. Yeah, an inkling. I'm in a coffee shop. I put on a napkin. No, but I'll just I'll write these little bits down. And then I have this whole like drafts list thing drawn up of kind of like the next hour or two. And it, it really just a lot of them is just smatterings of stuff. And then mm-hmm. as I look at that list so so frequently and I look at the ideas I'm coming up with, I start to think like, oh, well, this one could totally be built into like this five minutes. Like that's very similar. So this could all be part of a thought. And then I'm trying to like link the transitions together. And like, yeah, so now it's like it really just is coming like a up dance. With, 
yeah, like I'm just coming up with like a little dumb shit and then trying to link it together as I continue to look at look at it, you know, week after week and be like, oh, okay, well, I thought about that idea more. I don't that's know. super cool. But again, I'm a guy that's been on one tour, so you're not oh, getting like worry. the I'm industry gonna, still, answer. <laughs> sure, but I'm like, if anything, it's the most realistic answer that I'm gonna, I'm gonna like the closest to my experience that I'm gonna get, which is why mm. I find it very valuable. Sure. Um, yeah. What I'm I'm curious, Ted, when you talked about like theater kind of stuff, like what uh, what kind of stuff were you doing in high school? Like were you oh, were you I a musical a, guy or drama? I did or musicals. What? I did musicals. I did um, I did some plays. I I played um, in my sophomore year in high school. I played Willard in Footloose. Oh, cool, um, dude! I uh, is the, Willard was, like, the guy that says all the suspect shit in the first song? Um, he's the one who can't dance, and he's and he's like and he's like a himbo. <laughs> you know yeah no he's um, the guy that dresses up like the big dog with the australian accent that's him the whole time <laughs> and sells that was, weed that was terrible yeah um <laughs> right, anyway yeah but i did um i did there was the first freshman year was legally blonde and then it was that's the one where she's then, um legally blonde right <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's blonde and it's legal they allow it <laughs> so so fucking dumb i'm, uh, I'm sorry go ahead <laughs> and then the junior year was kind of like a weird year because there was like a new director there and it was like this show called um sweet charity and it, i don't know who cares about that and then um Senior was Into the Woods, and I played uh, yeah. the Rapunzel's Prince. You played uh, um, James Corden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, dude. Also, well, on that topic, because yeah, you I both... was I was James Corden in Cats. You were James I, Corden I was a super in senior. Cats, portraying yeah. his role in Into the Woods. <laughs> I played his performance. My interpretation dude. of James Corden's performance in Cats. The the what the fuck is his character's name? Is I've mentioned on the podcast before the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Hold on, uh, James Corden Cats character. His cat's character name is Wait, where the fuck is it? Hold on. I got to pull it Fluffer up. Fluffer shit. Dude, it's <laughs> it's like it's extra dumb. So picture James Corden as a cat in his little top hat, right? Okay. Um in his top, dumb little fucking cat top hat. Dude, how Ooh, low geez. is he on the top-billed cast? What the fuck is this? Cats. Sorry, just mispronounced. His top-billed cats. Full cast. Dude, what what's going on? Also all the name. Wait, there's a fucking cat called Socrates in it? Oh my god. It was the the musical was originally made out of a series of poems. I have always hated cats Dude, the I, musical. It's, I, found it's it. I don't think there's many terrible. Like, I, I so, feel like people like that musical because they feel like they have to. I don't think that anyone genuinely likes cats. Maybe people I, do. And that's a hot take. But my favorite character is James Corden portraying Bustopher Jones. <laughs> Bustopher Jones. Wait, I didn't hear that. You like uh, Discord cut you out B- for a second. Bustopher Jones. Bustopher Jones. It sounds like horrible. if a cat had to like make up a name to a, like a cat <laughs> Just, cop. Oh, you know, I'm a people. Uh, Jones. Bustopher Jones. Bustopher. Yeah, that's like that's like somebody stole a cat and then a police officer stopped them and they said. Is that your cat? Yeah. Well, what's the name of the cat? Bustopher. <laughs> it's Guybert. Dude, I uh, one thing I gotta say is because you boys did uh, musical stuff, so I'm assuming you both are singing oh, Gus, boys. Oh, you a fellow music, musical I, I, man. I can't explain, and I think some people uh, who listen to the podcast will relate with me. If you're somebody 
who just said like has decided I know it's like I'm not awful at singing but I'm nowhere near production good at singing and people in my life keep asking me to sing for different situations whether it's for a project or for karaoke and I just say hey it's not uh, physically it's not fun for me and nobody understands people will always be like oh just come to karaoke and you won't have to sing and then you once always, you're there you everyone's like say it's come uh, on. physically painful What's up? It's true. Physically you could always painful. you say you said it's physically not fun. You could always just up the ante on they, that and just say people it's don't physically care. painful once, for me. Once people are moving for karaoke, they demand that everybody be singing and they they think that I wouldn't be having fun unless I join in and sing. But I have <laughs> to tell you, I don't want to do that. And I I went on to um and he Ethan was very great about it. Ethan, our friend Ethan Nestor was having a charity uh, uh, God, this was this fucking year for the the fires in Australia. He was having a charity yeah, live yeah. stream. That what was that in January? Right? Yeah, and, so, and, yeah, and Ethan said you can come by and you don't have to sing. And I was like, that's fine. And Ethan was very cool about it. But fucking my, like chat just started tweeting images of me sitting there enjoying myself, but I looked sad because of my mustache. And it's like then I fucking sing and people like to. to uh, make sure everyone isn't mad at me and thinks I, I hate the koalas, even though they have chlamydia. And then <laughs> I fucking uh, everyone's like, like making fun of how I'm singing in the chat. It's like, listen, guys, do you want me to fucking sing or do you want me to chat, leave? It's one of the two. Choice sometimes. I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. That's all. And I, so, how did you guys? En- how did you find that you enjoyed singing? Oh, that's a good one. I want to hear yours, yeah. Ted. Um, well, I, I, I don't know. I've been doing it for a really long time. I did my first theater. I think I was like eight or nine or something like, so that's pretty, before you pretty, were gifted with the adult man voice that you currently have. Exactly. I was in Tom Sawyer and in, in my, in like community theater thing. And I did that for a while. And then I did it in junior high i was in music man in junior high and a in a barbershop quartet but i was the low voice in that barbershop quartet so i still had a pretty low voice in junior high and then i did um what is it what's it called guys and dolls in eighth grade oh yeah um, i did you know i i performed nothing like a dame uh for my solo ensemble act from guys and dolls oh really yeah other other um, than that i didn't do the show though you know what's the perfect musical oh, wait, that's role not- for me yeah, what's that? Yeah, the um the the UPS guy in Legally Blonde doesn't have to sing. Yeah. Just gets to be there in shorts and that's all you have to do. That yeah. that's the perfect role for me. That's it's the, just do that's jokes a, that's and a, don't sing. That's that's, that's for ab- me. Also, that's the definition of a himbo role right there. I would love <laughs> dude, I listen, the second the pandemic's over, I know agents, managers are going to be breaking down my door looking for uh, me to fill up uh, some himbo roles. Eddie, you would do a really good job doing that um doing the the fucking UPS guy. I the thing is, I almost school. was in high school, but I really? uh, I had a sports commitment and I didn't do it. Oh man! And the, the thing is, the guy that did classic it, classic high uh, school musical moment, right the, there. The guy that did it was way better at it. He was like, oh, really? in, he was in such good shape that it was like he was actually like like a hot dude as it, and it was like, yeah, he should have gotten this role. That it, <laughs> it works. Were they just like? Were they just um, recruiting from like? Like people, just anyone, because the it was such a small role. That did our musicals was like very good at it. Like the the school like won awards for the state, and I sure. I he was one of my favorite teachers, and um, he knew I did YouTube videos, 
And so he was like, this might be a good role for you if you want to do oh, it. Oh, like and he I knew like, that you had like a, some sort of presence that you could like. You yeah, could like he it. knew me. And so I was like, it, it wasn't even like, I, at the time we didn't even have, I think we had maybe like 500 YouTube subscribers. He just saw that I liked to do comedy and sure. was like, maybe this. Um, yeah, for me, it's like by that. Uh, only in like the the beginning of my senior year did we get any st- like a bit of small following. It was like three thousand subs on YouTube, and it was like, holy mm-hmm. shit, what happened? Um, yeah, I don't, I didn't, I didn't ever get more than like three thousand until you know maybe past freshman year in college. Dude, I'm glad. That I'm glad I didn't too. have a following in high school. I would have really like changed my brain I kept chemistry. A secret. I, mm-hmm. I kept it a secret. I didn't want people to know that I because it's like. I think that's probably just a high school thing too, because it's like mm-hmm. anything really in high school. You're, it's like you can be embarrassed about, you know. So yeah. you don't you don't want any anything to be out there that people could you know make fun of you. Sometimes I I even sometimes think back and wonder what the people I used to go to high school think about my YouTube thing. And like I'm sure mm-hmm. that they're pretty positive about it, but I still in the back of my brain I'm like maybe they're making fun of me. You know? Uh-huh. Do you remember that? That's probably a stu- that's probably unrelatable but uh, no you like i'm sure like i i think about that sometimes too where i'm like i'm sure there's there's people i went to high school with that are like his videos are fucking trash you know what i mean but that, the thing is exactly yeah. that that exact thing people where it's like these stupid were videos online. super supportive in my high school kind of because before i would make sketches with my friend zach and um that's why i kept kind of at it is zach and i would post our sketches to facebook and we had a couple of like uh, friends that would be like keep keep making those they're really funny like I really enjoyed it and so like right. I would hear about it the next day when we came to school like oh I really like that one not anything like crazy but sure. that little bit of support I was like ooh maybe there's something here oh yeah seriously anything really is is enough just like to be seen in that yeah. way um yeah I didn't do I I started out like doing like any like creating stuff like the first thing I started out was I used to think I wanted to be a graphic designer and then I got into like animation with like pivot and stuff I feel like I may have talked about this before but mm-hmm. um like the pivot animation program I used to do that oh I forgot um, about P- pivot was where you could do the like stick figure shit yeah right? it was like dude it, I yeah, forgot the, the, about they already, they already had like the kinetics and the figures dude I did that in. too I was like yeah. there was a time I think for all of us when we were younger where you're like if I could get into every or any avenue that could have people watch my video, I will learn how to do it. Like I'm yeah. sure we all had a time where we downloaded the like lightsaber effects program to try and do that shit, or maybe that was just me. But I would well, try to do magic wand. You're interested spells. in yeah, like uh, yeah. Freddie Wong. Yeah, dude, well, the, the thing Freddy is, Wong shit, yeah, yeah. By that point, um, by the That's time Freddie was blown YouTube. up, my friend Zach was getting into that stuff, so I could think of. I would write our comedy sketches and get to write in like one special effect that Zach would do. It was really fun. Yeah. Ted, uh, just a funny thing. Well, first of all, two quick things I have to say, because I I know the theater kids are squirming. I misspoke earlier. Uh, Nothing like a dames from South Pacific. I did that one, but I did luck be a lady from guys and dolls. I did that. I played that character who sang that song. And and when I was in eighth grade, I want to hear you sing uh, that song now, Ted. So remember what you said about singing, Eddie? <laughs> no, no, I don't mean now on the podcast. I just mean now as in you as an adult. Please don't sing oh, on the podcast yeah. like that. Sorry, my bad. I didn't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> but no, yeah, I want to hear a, is this current is this a sing a musical podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the two. And it's just like, go ahead, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, like something like you have so you have a prepared soundtrack and it starts playing, you start playing it through exactly. your microphone. That's way more advanced than this podcast is ready for. 
Yeah. Uh, what um, did you just say, Ted? I totally forgot. I just wanted to clarify because I was like, I'm going to get roasted by these theater kids in the comments if I do that. Oh, what was I? Uh, I was saying something. I was, um, I was you going... Were- Oh shit! Animation shit. Kids from yeah. high school. Pivot. Uh, pivot. Yeah, spells I, Freddie Wong. I, Freddie yeah, Wong. I, oh, I, I, Freddie Wong was what got me into doing YouTube videos in the first place. Like mm. back in seventh grade, I think I my like actually doing like YouTube, like being interested in like oh that's something that people can do. That was like when it sort of clicked. Was around mm-hmm. seventh grade when that happened. For me, um, actually, I want to yeah go around then for because Gus, I don't know if we talked about that early of stuff, but Ted still more. So what were like? So was it just Freddie W or and Brandon or was it uh, I, like I think other it channels? was well because that was Freddie W was like a double effect for me. It was what got me into film and it mm-hmm. was got what got me into editing and special effects and it's what got me into YouTube really. And mm-hmm. that like he, you know, if he came up to me and said, hey, give me a thanks. I'd give him a thanks because, you know, he did help inspire a lot of <laughs> yeah. things that happened. He goes, Ted, ep- Ted, give me a thanks. Give, give me a me. thanks. Give me, give, give me what I deserve. Thank you, Freddie Wong. Tell me I'm good. Yeah, that's fucking right. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, so, like, yeah, over the years I was I learned, like, After Effects and, you know, all that shit. I mean, obviously I worked with Sony Vegas for a long time because mm. you could never figure out how to get a proper key generator and same here stealing on the internet yeah um but you sony know. vegas 11 baby yeah I, on, uh, honestly yeah specifically sony specifically vegas 11. 11 why did so many <laughs> yeah. people have the 11 key my grandpa had know. a pc think... with it on it and i used that for like four years that's what uh, oh, really? zach used yeah. too but i learned how to edit on um uh, there i bought um to make halo machinimas with tony uh, I bought a Dazzle capture card, and it came with its own Dazzle editing software, and that's where I learned like how to cut. Did things it have a watermark on it? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe it did. I, I just sometimes it was those things come minute. with watermarks that you don't know how to get rid of, but there is a very clear way when you get older, and you're like, oh, could have just yeah, could have just stayed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for me, early YouTube stuff, it's weird because I I was really early to making videos. Like I was, ma- I had a YouTube channel with my friends when we were in fourth grade. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, and it's thank wow. God it's gone. It's obliterated. What year was that? That must have been. Okay. So Fuck. When was I in four? So I was ten in I mean, fourth grade. Early, so that could be, not have been earlier than two thousand six. It was two thousand six. So. Yeah, because I would be ten. So um, YouTube had just. Yeah. YouTube was new. Yeah. yeah. YouTube was real new, and so I was literally like grinding new channels all the time, and we we would make these terrible sketches that we deleted when we were in sixth grade because we were like yeah. maybe maybe this is already too cringy, and we've aged two years. <laughs> that um, would have been funny if I found that stuff when I was doing my research for you for the Lunch Club podcast. Wait for real? Enjoyed that. No, I would have been funny if I oh, did. Oh, sorry. I thought we, it cut out for a second. And I was like, wait, did you find that? Because then it's like before this pod- podcast goes up, I have some deleting to do. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, no, I, yeah, there was this um, this channel called the Decimal Brothers. And they, they were just these two brothers, I think, in Ohio. And they brothers. they and like Smosh and um, a couple other channels just kind of made these very like we're clearly fucking around with our friends while we make this sketch. There's barely any like kind of script to it or anything. Sure. And yeah. some of them were really funny to me at the time. And I, uh, I haven't gone back and watched them, but yeah, that was like, that got us picking up the kind of camera to do it. And it's like, I, I think about that now. I'm like, yeah, no wonder YouTube kind of worked for me. I've literally been trying since I was 10. So that's like a yeah. 13 year path to like the earliest, to get it to work. 
the earliest video that I have on YouTube is on my dad's YouTube account, which <laughs> is a pivot video of a guy chasing after a burger. Because really prior to that, I didn't really know how to make a YouTube account. Like I remember when I was right. first told about YouTube in elementary school. I, and I this is like a legit thing. I remember specifically looking it up and looking up YouTube with a U instead of the word U. Yeah, and I think it brought me to like a fucking <laughs> porn site or something, and I was well, like, "Ted, what's our when? What, what year this. were you born?" Nineteen ninety-eight. Okay, so like no difference at all, really, with all of us. Like we're sure, all from the same yeah. kind of era. Yeah, but when I was when I was way younger, we had my family. We had this Sony cassette tape, eight millimeter cassette tape, um, sort of like it, the magnetic sort of thing where yeah, it, you yeah. recorded on there. Um, and I used to make these videos when I was a kid um, where I would take these, I took these cans. One was like a little mini Sierra Mist and the other was a Barg's root beer. And I put these sticks in the bottom of them and I put googly eyes and then on the Barg's root beer I put a a mustache on it and I gave them little napkin capes. Mm -hmm. And it was the adventures of Can Man and Mr. Mist. And I would literally hold the camera and then I would have the stick and I would hold it in front and I would like narrate him. And then my friend William would play Mr. Miss and he would do it in a really high pitched voice so it would be like two characters really and mm-hmm. I would do that all the time when I was younger and I found them this year on cassette tape and I need to before it before <sighs> I can't like wait even any more months I need to like get those and like get a digital converter so I can get them before because yeah. they degrade over time Tony's yeah. Tony's so, done those with some of our home videos it's like yeah. once you get a uh, something to play it it's like fairly simple to just like get it on yeah I think but Unless Tony's that's editing, probably like, like it wasn't simple at all it, yeah <laughs> that's like probably the earliest reoccurring production that I did of anything well actually that's a lie I used to do a comic book strip for five years in elementary school called Dude, Time I, Wars. I did a superhero comic uh, comic yeah. book strip when I was in elementary school. Yeah, it I was did called Time Wars, and it was about <laughs> it like was me and four of my friends, but they were like separate people like going around and fighting with Pi, and there was like an enemy that was called Evil Pie Man, and the, he had these robots called Pie Drones that shot Pi. It was, was he really named centered Evil Pie Man at birth because then they really set him up for know. his career. Was like, right yeah, <laughs> like it was just like a, my they were all stick figures. Evil. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up? I'm Evil Pie Man. <laughs> yeah. what, what's That's, your real name? I don't I lo- know what you mean. <laughs> I love remembering that old stuff. Like I think one of the earliest, even um, I guess, like training of trying to do like comedy stuff. Is uh, I think I've probably mentioned this before, Gus. I definitely told you this like once or twice. Uh-huh. But I had um, the PlayStation Two iToy when I was younger, yeah. and <laughs> there was a there was a I don't know if it was part of the main iToy app, but I know I had some kind of game where you could record about like thirty se- seconds to a minute of video. And then you could just rewatch it. And me and my friends would play this game in my basement where we had this laundry room off to the side. And so we'd split up into teams and one team would film the funniest sketch they could in the 30 seconds to a minute while the other guys in the laundry room plugged their ears. And then we'd all come out and watch. And if you made somebody laugh, you got a point. And we would just do that like all the time. Oh, that's so fun, dude. I love it. It was the best. Shit. I love I still want to like I want to do a version of that now. That sounds yeah. just like fun. Eddie, what was your comic little thing about when you were when you were young? So yeah. we had a day, some kind of I think we had like a career day. And I think to make it fun, 
there was like something happening. We were in like second grade. We had uh-huh. something having to do with like donut themes for it. And I remember I was just kind of bored and I just started sketching a donut with like a superhero mask on it because one of the cutouts they gave us like for the donuts kind of looked like a superhero mask. And so mm-hmm. I used it to trace it and I made a, a, a donut man a superhero. <laughs> and then I was like, there's something here. There's a franchise here. So I just kept writing. I got to pitch this. Yeah. No, I would just write them in school to myself. I wouldn't even like really show them to many friends or anybody. I didn't even bring them home. I would just like write them in in my notebook. I love that. Do you still have them? Ah, dude. No, they're like, I I, I was so disorganized in elementary school. I don't have anything. I have this box that I keep of like certain memory stuff. And I have a bunch of my old pie wars comics from elementary school. But, um, Oh, what was I going to say? Holy crap. Um, here's an interesting question. I was thinking about this because it reminded me of these comic things because I, I remember I had made a comic that I thought was so funny and I realized in hindsight it was actually really bad because it was about this kid that was like pissed off about school and the end, uh, the solution to the conflict was to blow up the school. Um, oh my God. <laughs> um, and I was like, this is great. This is so funny. And I showed it to my my dad and he was like, yeah, can't don't show that to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And I was like, "You just don't understand, Dad. Like, you just don't get me. This is funny. My friends will think this is funny." Um, but going off of that, I'm what I'm curious. Like, at what point did your parents start finding your jokes funny? Like, not oh, just like your mannerisms. Like, because there's like a difference between like you being ridiculous and then thinking that that's funny, and like the offshoot things that you say that you that aren't necessarily meant to be funny, but are funny because you're like, you were, I don't know, like a a ridiculous kid when you were younger or something like that. But like, I remember there was a specific shift that happened at some point where the things that I said, I could tell jokes to my dad and him and I would, he and he could tell jokes to me and we're laughing together. Like I just did a road trip with my dad and we barely fought. And it was like, I'd never really done anything like that with my dad before, Uh but I realized how well we got along and how funny he actually found me. Because he was laughing at a lot of the shit I was saying, and I'd never really—I don't know—I did. I guess I just didn't really spend enough time with my dad to realize that that was a thing. Now, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm curious, like, for you guys, like, do you I know think, when that was? I think definitely you? around like 11 or 12. I remember saying some things that would make either of my parents laugh. But I think truly, with me and Tony, like, especially with my my mom post like our parents' divorce, I think like Tony and I will just like constantly kind of make our mom laugh now because we just like it's almost like a performance with just like the littlest shit like like tony will just ask a question and then if you don't answer it as directly and then you finally answer it he's like that's what i was asking just like so (laughs) big like it's just so that stuff now i think is like way more common now but i I think probably when i think when you start hitting like fifth or sixth grade it's kind of when you start becoming like a person for the first time you know what i mean you're not exactly sure what that is so it's like you just start saying shit yeah like my memories (laughs) from fifth and sixth grade i still think of that as like a version of me but anytime before that i'm like my brain was not developed enough to like really understand what Mm -hmm. was going on yeah, yeah. I think with my almost. with my mom, it's kind of almost a similar thing to what you just said, where it's like she'll, she'll sometimes just say something like ridiculous that like is meant to be ridiculous, but mm-hmm. she'll like hold in her laugh. And th- we've developed this thing between me and her where I'll she'll do it and she'll be looking directly at me, and then I'll just like give a 
lengthy pause and then I'll start counting down from three to one. And before I even get to two, she'll start, she'll just burst out laughing. And that's just like, I guess this is like a thing between me and her now. But, that. um, yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say, Ted, I'm that the whole road trip thing and like that experience and stuff. I'm so glad that you could have that with your dad. Like, yeah, yeah that's so great. It, like, it looked like you guys were having yeah. a ton of fun with your Instagram. I, Cause I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I get along really, really well with my mom, and I know that I have a really great relationship with my mom. But I think the thing is, my dad—he he worked—he works more in general. It's not like I didn't ever see my dad or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And like I had a—you know—I have a good relationship with my dad, anyways. But I'd never done anything specifically with my dad that mm-hmm. was like a, a real solid memory in my childhood. I I think mm-hmm. so. I was like, okay. I want to do I'm moving out so it's like I should do this with my dad and show him all of the places that I've because I've done multiple road trips in the past across the country and I was like I want to experience this with my dad and have those sort of moments and I'm mm-hmm. really glad I did it because it was a fucking awesome trip yeah um, but yeah no it was it, it, I think it's like doing something like that if you know if you're still for those of you listening if you're still you know in good terms with your you know, parents, um, mm-hmm. that's always a good thing to do, especially when you get older and you sort of kind of, I feel like when there's a certain age you reach when you kind of realize the value of that mm. before it's like, you're like old, old and have kids and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. I think like especially middle period with those long trips too. It's like, I know you, Ted, you already like said your experience with them. So you know this as well, but like, I feel like even the further distance you get from them, they, the more they kind of mean to you. Like I am so mm-hmm. glad when we moved out here, Gus, that we did that trip with everybody. Yeah. Cause it's just like, it's just, I have all of these like very distinct, different memories of what happened during it that you share with those people. It's like really, really special. I can like, mm-hmm. I really think that everybody, this is a post pandemic world. We're talking about. Don't go on a, like a road trip or for pre, leisure pre right now. Um, but uh, like I remember the kind of first time I'd ever really felt independent was like my senior year after uh, uh, I was going to say my senior Yeah. Like the summer after my senior year in college. Um, uh, no, in, in high school. Um, so my friend, when I was a freshman, my friend Victor, who I think Victor listens to the podcast. What's up, buddy? What's going on? <laughs> what's um, up, Victor? So, uh, <laughs> Victor, are you driving? Victor, we're Turn looking left. at you. <laughs> Where <laughs> but, are you, Victor? <laughs> Turn around. But uh, Victor <laughs> moved when I was a freshman in high school, and he was one of my closest childhood friends. And so it was yeah. pretty sad, but Victor would come by every summer in between. And so the, it it happened to be moving into college. He was going to do an internship, so he wasn't able to come back. And so we FaceTimed him, and it was like I think maybe like May 29th or something. And we were just like – like the weekend upcoming was like just the beginning of June. And we talked mm-hmm. to him. And we we're like, yeah, it sucks that we can't see you. It would be cool if we, if we like just drove to New York and like stayed with you at some point, like maybe next year or something. And then we were all just kind of drinking and hanging out. I mean, sorry, we weren't drinking uh, Kool-Aid. It was, uh, (laughs) we were 18. Um, But uh, we were just like, what if we just fucking like went in three days? What if we just did it? And then like we asked Victor and he was totally down for it too. And that road trip was like the first thing I ever did as an adult. Like I really think road trips are super, super valuable for like memories with everything. That's what I, um. So the first, the, I, I definitely do use road trips in so far as like a memory making thing, mm-hmm. like device, I guess, because um, my best friend Tucker, before he was, he, he was going into the Marines, he was going to leave for boot camp, and I decided, you know, senior year, summer, 
of after high school. Um, similar thing to you. We we both we did a, a road trip. We did it around. We did a whole loop around the country. God damn! Um, and went How to long like all of the, three weeks in a day. Ooh. Um, but it was awesome, and we. All of like you know how like you get like sometimes you'll you'll get like a little bit of cash from like various relatives. Mm-hmm. It was like I'm pretty sure me and him from we both used like all of the money that we got from relatives from from uh, graduating high school. We just right. like spent you just put that all into the road trip. So going into college, I was just completely fucking broke, <laughs> um, but it was totally worth it. And then um, yeah, no, it's 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 been like four years exactly now, and he I'm I'm actually gonna see him because he he's actually getting out of the Marines on the 17th of this month. Oh shit! Um, yeah, so and he's gonna he he's up in uh, 29 Palms, like he he is at that Marine base, but um, yeah, so and I I, I another road trip I had done was after I in 2017 I worked as a camp counselor and with three other um, counselors and I we did it was in august we road tripped down south and we went and we saw the eclipse whoa that oh, happened in 2017 rad. just stare yeah. right at it get the best view possible oh Gotta man i i still get eye floaters to this day <laughs> <laughs> you're but, like i can but, still see it now for it. real it's burned into my corner. <laughs> yeah but i cannot stress this enough worth looking into the sun oh just yeah kidding. um <laughs> no yeah but that was like that was like one of the craziest things to it and and you know, with whoever those people you are, it's like you'll always have those memories with that person because it's a road trips are in the in the in the least like weird sounding way. They're a very intimate thing, mm-hmm. you know, to do because you spend you are living with that person and with pretty much nowhere to go for however long that road trip is. Yeah, and you're is like, like problem solving and just making decisions exactly. the whole time. Yeah. Kind of, it's, I would, that's my one uh, post-pandemic piece of advice, not only for people like directly our age, but if you're in between like 18 and 25 and you don't have kids, it's like and just you have fucking, the financial means. To yeah, because the thing yeah. is road tripping, if you have a friend somewhere, road tripping can be pretty cheap. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can, yep. yeah. if you, I, that was the big thing is doing, and Gus, we even did a lot of them together doing like a and we're still gonna after this but affordable just kind of like cheap fun trips are like the uh, my favorite experiences possible there's a Mm -hmm. there was a big difference in the way that i did because i i stopped at with my dad i stopped at a lot of the same spots and took pretty much the same route up until maybe montana through the country that I did with Tucker in 2016. Also, that TikTok um, was in Montana, right? That fucking I oh, loved it yeah. so much. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, the the ADHD one. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. In Tony, you National can link Park. it. In the description. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I thought of that that morning, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna pop," just because of how <laughs> beautiful it is in the in the background. Um, but with oh, what I was so with Tucker, what we did was you know we couldn't really afford to. With my dad, he just was like, "I'm not. I don't want to camp," you know. And that, right. yeah, that I was sort of bummed about that at first, but then I was like, also like, it's not a huge deal, it's, you know. Mm. It's a different. It's a different trip. I don't need it to be the same thing as what I did with Tucker. So we stayed at hotels when I did it with my dad, huh. but with and we could afford to. But that was different from 2016 when I just, you know, I wasn't doing YouTube shit. I wasn't actually making money like a real job. So what we did was we used freecampsites.net, and we also did Airbnbs. Um, which is like a totally different experience because then you'll meet the people at the Airbnbs. Like I have this Polaroid photo of me with this woman, Melanie, in Toma, Wisconsin. Oh, you did like um, a private room? Yeah, I was in Toma. Um, 
and also freecansites.net's really cool because it's like some of the some of the locations you get for these free spots you'll get like coordinates that you put into google maps Whoa. and it'll take you like I actually did a fourth road trip that was that was in 2018 where I drove across the country with my roommate when I was living in LA and when we were in Arches in Moab uh, Arches National Park we got this one free campsite and it took us on this off-road for maybe 40 minutes we were driving off-road but what we ended up in was this canyon that was like barely touched it was like there was no one there and I took this awesome like time-lapse photo like at night with the stars mm. and shit and I had him like shine a flashlight in the tent that we had and it was like this fucking awesome photo in this canyon that I, we would have never known it was there in the area we could have just stayed at like a hotel or something in Moab but it was like you know it's like those different choices that you can make mm -hmm. can totally was, change the experience was Moab it, it, Gus is that the one that we drove it after is it like after the Grand or like near kind of the Grand Canyon but like like it's pretty that. far I would say I it's don't like remember maybe five hours from the Grand Canyon wait how many hours it's Utah Moab is in Utah yeah yeah I'm thinking about like our cross-country road trip though oh, there was okay. there was one yeah. there was one place I'm pretty sure that was it where after there's, Antel there's Antelope Canyons yeah, we're, well, I, I just Moab sounds familiar where I'm pretty sure we drove through it and we're like, oh, this would have been a cool place if we didn't go to the Grand Canyon. It was the same day, but yeah. also we drove like 12 hours a day when we drove. So mm -hmm. it was uh, I, I'm pretty sure that was it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in Utah. And it's like it's got like a kind of. Oh, actually, you're you're absolutely probably right, because Moab and Moab is. And also, I guess pretty well in saying it was five hours. It's five hours and sixteen minute drive from Flagstaff to Moab, and Flagstaff yeah, is the I, area. I'm pretty it's sure like we did because I remember thinking like this would be an also cool trip. This town just seems cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I just remembered that. I don't know why. I always remember that the it had a weird name, and that Moab is it. Yeah, it, I, for some reason I'm thinking of that giant balloon that you had to fight that was like the blimp in. Um, oh in yeah, Blimp's tower defense. Oh yeah, the Moab oh, shredder. Yeah. yeah, you had to get Moab shredder spikes and shit. Yeah. You fuck with BTD five, my guy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Dude, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That was when oh, my yeah. airplane Absolutely. games on tour a lot too. It's Dude, just... when uh, I don't know if it was four or five. Which one has the like um, the like Aztec god monkey that like? Oh, the sun god. Yeah. Oh, that it's in five. I don't know. That's in five. Is I there, just remember playing yeah. on my old iPod, and it would like get to a point where you, like where the game is the just not like one frame a second, where it's yeah. just so broken because you're doing so well. I love yeah, that shit. I like that. I've played that game now, like on like good not school library PCs or on like a brand new cell phone, and invariably you will get to the point where no matter how good your device is, the game just goes. I think that's get just about an optimization. Frames. It's got to be an optimization thing with the game itself. It's just like people will get bored at some point. They won't get to this point where the memory for the phone is com being completely yeah. used. Yeah, for for people that don't understand, um, we're saying that there w there are too many monkeys and too many balloons on the screen. Too many, too <laughs> so many the like game crash. Too many god balloon dissolving god lasers being thrown around at once. <laughs> oh, you're wealthy. How many banana factories you got? Let, let me yeah. hear that. Exactly. Oh, you haven't moved them to crates yet? Oh. Yeah, oh. I, guess wow. I was doing a little bitch here. So. Guess we got a, a, a rookie monkey on our hands. I'm sorry. Your glue soaker does not have dissolve? Wow. It's like you don't even care. That's it's a, like that's what, so you're just really trying to slow them down, but you don't want them yeah. to pop? Like, yeah. what are you doing? It's like you can't yeah, watch your like, cake and you can't even eat it, too. <laughs> dumbass. Sorry about that. Get, get, yeah, get the hell out of here. Glue. Can yeah, you imagine here. stepping in toxic glue? That'd be terrible. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had a dream last night about I was on a different planet, and I got I I was a, a, a um, dragonfly landed on me, and it was an all black dragonfly. It was complete. It was like a, it was like matte black. Like it was just yeah, out matte of the black fresh out of the shop. Matte black. And I was like matte, this. Matte black, yeah. I remember thinking to myself in this dream, I was like, this is really uncomfortable seeing a dragonfly on a completely different planet because I know this shouldn't be here. But then I tried to get rid of it, and it was hanging on to me and stuff. And then eventually it stung me, and I went to like some sort of infirmary or something, and in this dream. And and I'm surprised I even remember this because I woke up like a while ago, so I thought this dream would be gone by now. But um, mm. and they told me that I had three months to live. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I was gone, and I remember being really really stressed and like um, but then I and then I woke up and then I was thinking to myself, how fucking ridiculous is it that we believe this shit when we're dreaming? Oh yeah, you buy it. you're in the world. A, the, you accept all the realities of that world. It's like the same thing as like hypnotism of that like suggestion thing and stuff. It's your brain suggesting that shit to yourself. Yeah. Well, that's still like I, I uh, like more in adulthood. You know, you'd always hear about like sometimes I'll have a dream where somebody like does something awful to me that I know, and then I'll wake up and have to be like, wait, no, don't be mad at yeah. them. They didn't. Yeah. Like, dude, I I think I that'd told- be that honestly be worse because like there's there's probably I think top ten feelings in the world is the feeling of like good feelings in the world is the feeling of waking up after a dream where the circumstances were not in your favor yeah. and you're realizing, Oh, I, I don't live in this real, that reality. reality I don't know if all. I mentioned it to Gus. I didn't mention it to you, Ted. I had a very, very like detailed feel like long as in it felt very long dream uh, about a month ago where like Tony just died and then oh. it was like the rest of the dream was like living life and like seeing my family. And I woke up and for like, like the that, first like a Rick and Morty 10 kind seconds, of you're like, wait, is this, you know? And then you're like, no, yeah. no of course not. That must it have been was, really disorienting. Dude, it fucked up my entire next day. And it's like, <laughs> and then I probably fucking mentioned it to Tony and he's just like, sucks, loser. <laughs> like some shit <laughs> like that. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's that that shit sucks, man. It'll really fuck you up. But at least that yeah, that feeling of like, oh, it's not real is so good because yeah. it's like being in the worst case scenario of your life, and then it just like flips a switch and you're back to normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, thank God I didn't get poisoned by a matte black dragonfly on another planet. <laughs> or a by Matt Matt Pat. God. Yeah, it seems really you close watch there. Out for but... Matt Pat. Matt Pat bit me once, and then they told me I had three months to live. <laughs> yeah, and and I remember I because <laughs> yeah, this venom just so through. <laughs> I remember sitting down yeah. with him in arbitration as the police officer was going over the incident report, and uh, I said, "Yeah." So he came in the room, and Matt Pat just like rolled up my sleeve and like unbuttoned the collar of my shirt and bit me on my arm and neck. Yeah. And he said, "Hold on, that's just a theory." And then the cop <laughs> yeah. didn't write it down because he's a subscriber, I guess. So that dude, fucking Ma- Matt Pat burst into my apartment and started telling me that. Uh, like Bowser is secretly the hero of the story. And I was dude, like, dude, get out of my fucking dude, apartment. And then that's he bit crazy. me and I have three months to live. So dude, that's crazy. Matt Pat burst into my room the other day and started shoving Advil down my throat. So I get stomach ulcers. <laughs> oh I don't my know why. God. It wasn't dude, even gaming related. It was just completely Matt. out of pocket. Honestly, yeah. I'm kind of glad that we're having this conversation. Cause everybody, like every single significant YouTuber that I've talked to has at least one or three stories of Matt Pat and like with a various biting related incident. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've, I, I've heard him shoving ibuprofen down people's throats, Tylenol. And it's just like, we really need to stop this guy. Does he not think that we talk to each other? 
Or I don't know. Is he he just says like, like he's like, gonna... don't tell any other YouTubers. And I said, every other YouTubers already told me that you bit them, Matt. And he goes, he, 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 and lifts up my windowsill and leaves. Like a really winded, <laughs> that's like crazy because you're so high real. up. It's like, I know we're fly? like <laughs> stories up, and my windows are the kind that you have to crank open. I don't know how he's getting out and how he's landing. How is he getting fighting. in? Is the question? Is those, he coming in through the window? I've had he's the door open. He's probably got those suction May, cups though, that so. that guy did who climbed the building. You know the suction cup guy. He scales the building. Yeah, <laughs> he he does a, he does a fucking Mission Impossible ghost protocol to get to Gus's window to shut shove Advil down his throat. <laughs> he has like a rocket launcher powered grappling hook from like a, a fucking steampunk eighteen hundreds game that he shoots into my window and repels up into my room. <laughs> That's definitely the most frustrating thing about grappling hooks as a concept. They are so cool. But so unrealistic in terms of off. their function. Yeah. Like what? Okay. And if it's I a handheld device. I wish so badly that they were a thing. How? First of all, how are you going to get the torque to get to be able to repel up anything in something that's the size of a gun like that? The motor's just yeah, not going to be strong It's going to rip out of your hand and fly it's through a window. It's going to have like a nuclear powering exactly. device or something. If it, if it had like a really, really strong battery in it, but then the battery would have to be large. And it would yeah. just, it would be heavy too, and, it would, and that would that would also act against its well, ability for torque. Yeah, what's Matt Pat gonna use now? That's the thing. Yeah, he'll use the. Uh, well, we talked about the. He's suction the sticky cups, hands. Sticky <laughs> hands. Yeah, like the <laughs> sticky hand just... cleaner shit. Yeah, like the, you no, get your like dog's I mean the sticky off. hand you get for like a quarter. Like, oh, oh, like, <laughs> like the gooey things. You, like the you ones that you can it get at the top of the building, and it just fucking tugs you. <laughs> The ones that like every single guy in uh, went got when we were at um, Dave and Buster's. Yeah, yeah. dude, those dude. are really fucking rad for about twenty eight seconds. <laughs> and they were. Like, I, I'm telling wall. you, dude. Ever, yep. Since that stuff. night, they used them for like the rest of the trip. Wow. <laughs> like Charlie was just like whipping them at Schlatt like every day. It was. Uh, you know what I love? Like, became like ever... a issue. Get those uh, uh, quarter like just same machines for it, but they're the little ninjas. Oh, wait, no. They're little ninja I, toys. Oh, like in the Maybe. little plastic ball thing? Yeah, yeah. I never got those. I'd no, have to I'd cool, have to man. see a photo of something like this. I, I is mean, this always something you get in like one of the one of the put the quarter in and turn the dial? Yeah, yeah. What would I even search um, for that? Quarter ninja? <laughs> quarter ninja. <laughs> quarter ninja, bad quality. Plastic, back corner, back corner bowling alley. Yeah, dude, I I searched quarter ninja toy and it came up. Okay, hold on, I gotta I gotta save this photo of it. Wait, no, I'm not looking on Amazon. Um, okay, I'll go to images and then I'll send it in the Discord and Tony can put them up. Oh, um, here's here's one thing that you guys probably may have never experienced, but it's a very very specifically New England, I maybe even specifically Massachusetts thing. Uh-huh. You guys ever done candle pin bowling before? Candle no. pin, like C A N D L E. Let me. Okay. So also, I'm gonna, I just sent I'm it. Gonna, in the chat. I'm gonna walk away for one second just so I can show this to the camera. Okay. Cool. Also, Eddie, those look fucking rad. I would certainly want to. For the listeners, those kid. Yeah, I'm view, showing awesome. this candle pin because I have one from my sister was doing a project in elementary school and she managed to get apparently these bowling alleys they have just leftover bowling pins, but this is a this is a candle pin bowling pin and it's a different shape it's it's like sort of straight up um just to describe it to you two guys but Mm -hmm. it's basically a new england specific uh bowling style where it's the balls are like small they're about the size of maybe 
like one and a half times ball? the size. One and a half times the size of like a of a softball. Okay. So kind of like uh, the. What the fuck is that arcade game? Anyway, I, I I'm aware of the size of the ball. I should get about hung ski up. ball. Yeah. Ski I ball. Than, I think it's bigger no, than it's, ski ball. It's like three times, three to four times as big as a ski ball. Three yeah, skis. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but like you know, a third of the size of a normal bowling ball. So and you can just like whip them down the down the lane, and it's super fucking fun. So if we're if you guys if Pax East becomes a thing this this coming year or something or yeah. it, if it ends up happening. Yeah, and you dude. guys go to Pax East. I gotta take you guys to my my hometown, and we gotta dude, go candle bowling, baby. Bowling. Let's do yes. it. Yes, and also the whatever year or whatever, whenever things are like kind of normal again, dude. I'm traveling. To, you guys are getting maybe one YouTube video out of me the entire <laughs> year, bro. I am. That's, I am that's just something that you and I are very across similar the whole country about, Eddie. You and I are somewhat similar in that we like generally when we're operating well, where it's like one a month. Yeah, um, that's uh, occasionally I'll put like two out, but I actually, dude, I got a new one I'm working on, and it should be out kind of soon. So th- I'm actually good. I'm kind of uh, productive and fine. Yeah, that's good to hear. But that's already it's already been I think three weeks since I uploaded, maybe a month. So. Yeah, it's been about three weeks since I uploaded. But I also we stream and we both have we have podcasts. Yeah, and so how are we're you still guys working. liking? Mm-hmm. How are you guys liking streaming? Because it's like dude, this I is a very new thing it. for you guys. Love it, dude. I love even the casual shit now. Like sometimes I'll just like be in an afternoon. I'll be like, I want to play blackjack for three hours. You know, just like well, dumb shit. I, so I love you. That. Honestly, could just do just chatting too that's what i do sometimes yeah, i don't know I if you guys have stopped it. in on my streams where it's like i'll just i'll just chat with with the chat and and we'll just talk what i still and, love and uh, i think this and apologies ted if there's times where i'm cutting you off during this because my discord with this laptop is real fucky oh, so sometimes don't worry I'm, about it um, don't worry about it i feel like i interrupt all the time no no you're all right i you were definitely talking there um well like i heard it come in as i started to speak but um Eddie, the, I love uh, uh, wait, what's up? I said, Eddie, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the uh, the like, what I still think I get from my uh, like YouTube videos is with streaming. I still only want to show up when I have like like I threw the Halo planned. stream and everybody's on, or like sure. I've got this Fall Guys board game. Like for me, I still want to like show up where people are like, oh shit, we got to get in there, Eddie stream. Sure. You know I, mean? I mean, that's a good way to go about it though, because then it's like, that's kind of similar to, well, not actually similar at all, but it is have the sort of the infrequency of the, of the streams and sort of quality over quantity. Cause in general, Twitch is, is more of a, is a quantity over quality mm-hmm. platform. But, um, Austin show, he does, he has yeah, like dude. a show he does. You that's know, the thing like is with, with, seeing um well because is the official name of the show love or host or is it the austin it's, show now it's it's by austin show but the show is called love or host it okay. used to be called the rajaler right and yeah he used to go by raj um but now it's called um yeah and i thought that was really cool how he sort of took you know yeah that's actually i would see um before i started streaming like twitch clips whether for it was from his show or like um like sushi sushi dragon putting on some stuff and i'd be like wow i sushi dragon, i want to do something where fucking, i come and i'm like here guys you can tell i've been working on this stream all day like here yeah. we go and also looking to throw another fall guys board game this sushi week, dragon so. is like a cyborg that man is like a cyborg. Yeah, the dude. way that he. Oh my god, yeah. If you guys don't know what what Sushi Dragon is, he's like this. It's sort of like a live performance, dude. It is a yeah. Stream. It just is a live performance. And he's got he's fucking like, amazing. He looks like some sort of 
80s advertisement for the power glove where it's like he's got all of these different dials and shit on his arms and shit in his hands and he's there's so many buttons that he can press to have a different thing happen on stream. Mm-hmm. It's like he he actually it's like every button is um like a person playing an instrument and he's like the conductor of an orchestra. It's that well That's done. That's a very good he's, point. It's so good. Or Matilda in that one scene. Yeah, or Matilda in that <laughs> one scene. <laughs> I would love Matilda to be on Twitch. Mara Wilson, let's just and she just reads the 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 script for Matilda the film and the book. Every time she streams, mm-hmm. I would, I would like yeah, to see then, Matilda in that one scene versus Matt Pat in a fight. Versus Matt Pat. <laughs> and then does that thing where he makes where, where she sent makes uh, Matt Pat fly out the window. Yeah, she <laughs> not <laughs> sure whether or not they survive. She makes him eat an entire chocolate cake while he weeps oh in God. front of his graduating that class, scene, and then kicks him out the window. That scene is literally like. I, I will see a giant chocolate cake and I will always think of that scene. I'll mm-hmm. just be like, Wham, like, yeah, no. The imagery no- was there. Like, even though, yeah. like, as a kid, I was never like, I wanted all that cake. But when they talk about, like, was it like Mrs. Trunchbull or whatever, the lady? And, yeah, and she, yeah, like, I think used you that literally knife. nailed uh, Mrs. Mrs. Lunchable. Ms. Lunchable, Ms. Pizza Lunchable takes that Ms. knife <laughs> and she uh, cuts that little slice out. And just, it's just it's like this, what, like German chocolate, too? They say thick German chocolate cake. Mm. And you're just like, yeah, oh. that's a really good example of, like, believe, very strong imagery. Yeah. yeah. I are. believe her full name is Mrs. Non Mike. Microwaved cold pizza lunchable. Close uh, open parentheses. Why are you doing the this? One without Eddie? a Capri Sun. Close parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. um, what? Well, well, I guess guys, you know that. Um, you know that saying. That well, that's it. Gosh, I really flubbed that one. Um, do you think Tony can fix that? And do you think he could like auto tune it? Do you think, or like maybe? Like deep fakes. Why do you always saying? ask him to do shit that that is so elaborate Listen, every man, time? Ever since we got T Pain on, I just feel like it's a desperate scramble to keep up in ourselves, and I can't do it. So uh, you clearly can't do it either. And Tony's kind of our last hope to really. Hey guys, what are you talking about? What's it's, what's that? I didn't. Oh, I didn't know Ted was still S- here. Is Ted still on? Ted, oh. you still on? Ted? Hmm. Hey. Hi. Oh, hi, nice to hey, hey, Ted. Um, what? How did you? Um, wh-